Hi, I'm James William Young III. Um, I'm a community liaison for Neighborhood Ventures, and I'm very, very proud that they are shutting Rackets Island down. I was 15 years old when I first went there. You know, and, I'm, and, and for, for de Blasio and for everybody to come together and do this, I'm very proud of that. You know, I think this, this is, a, a, is a day that was well overdue. Hi, I'm Matthew Watkins, and this is the New Thinking Podcast from the Center for Court Innovation. Our focus today, as you just heard, is Rikers Island. The mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, recently announced his support for closing the troubled jail facility. The historic and somewhat surprising announcement came just two days before the release of the report of an independent commission that had reached the same conclusion. In a moment, we're going to talk about the center's role in producing that report, but first I thought we'd listen to some more reactions to the news about Rikers. I recorded these interviews at the press conference where the commission's report was released. Um, Stanley Richards, executive vice president of the Fortune Society, also a commission uh, member. I can tell you, as a formerly incarcerated person, I have not been able to see this moment. Um, it wasn't until we started, we heard the Close the Rikers um, campaign, we started taking our own journey on like, Let's let that this be about rhetoric, but how do we do it? And, and through our fact-finding mission, we were able to find out how to do it. So today is amazing. Like, I was on Rikers from 86 to 88 fighting my case before I went upstate. And when I'm 67, Rikers Island will be closed. It will be a celebratory day for me. Uh, my name is Donnie K. Bourne Rivers. I'm the founder of a nonprofit organization called I Am My Community. And uh, I went to Rikers Island the first time in the 80s. And uh, the last time had to be like 2009. And from the 80s to 2009, it's been a house of corruption, just total war and violence and dirt, nasty, filth. And there's nothing changed. So it's like from the first day I went in there, the first thing came to my head is like, man, they need to shut this down. So it's, it's so good to see that people got together as a strong teams and built a whole bunch of organizations. And we did exactly that, shut it down. Uh, Glenn Martin, founder and president of Just Leadership USA and founder of the Close Rikers campaign. You know, when I first said uh, that we should close Rikers down, it was actually right here at John Jay. And I remember how many of my colleagues walked over to me and said, you probably should never say that again out loud. That'll probably never happen. And yet I had spoken to so many people who've been harmed by Rikers that I was actually really confident that it would happen because I recognize that if you organize the people who are most impacted by an oppressive system, then you build power. And that's what we did. We set out to do that. And now here we are with so many diverse voices all saying the same thing, that we should shutter the island and have a smaller, fairer, more humane jail system. And now the question is just how do you keep all of these people together and organized and focused to move towards the finish line as expeditiously as possible? Uh, I'm Greg Berman from the Center for Court Innovation, and this is really a landmark day uh, for the city of New York. I'd argue for the country and certainly for uh, the Center for Court Innovation as an agency. I, I, d I didn't think we'd get here, and the reason we're here is for a complicated set of reasons. Luck is certainly a factor, um, but I think you'd have to, at the end of the day, give credit to people both inside of government and outside of government both uh, advocates and people like the Center for Court Innovation that kind of work in a detailed, um, evidence-based way with policymakers for pushing the powers that be to do the right thing. Um, and so it's incredibly exciting to be here. So once again, those were people reacting to the planned closure of Rikers Island. And I recorded what you heard at a press conference held by the Independent Commission on Criminal Justice Reform in New York City. 
It's known informally as the Lippman Commission after its chair, former New York State Judge Jonathan Lippman. As part of its recommendation to replace Rikers with a system of smaller borough-based jails, the Commission's report laid out a series of reforms to cut the city's jail population in half over the next decade. The Center for Court Innovation was involved in researching and producing the report, and to find out more about our role and this somewhat unexpected moment we're in vis-a-vis Rikers, I'm joined by Courtney Bryan. Courtney is our Director of Criminal Justice Operations and the person in charge of all things Lippman here. Courtney, first let me just say congratulations for the report and for the very favorable reception it's been receiving. Thank you. Thanks so much, Matthew. So when Judge Lippman talks about uh, Rikers representing a, a mass incarceration <coughs> model, what, what j- just so people get a sense of what the commission is recommending, what, what is going to replace that model? You know, that, that phrase I so associate with Judge Lippman these days because obviously people are familiar with the term mass incarceration in terms of incarcerating masses of people. But the judge really sort of, I feel like he's coined this phrase a bit in terms of how we incarcerate people. Um, I mean, clearly New York City is an anomaly in terms of the traditional way of thinking of mass incarceration. We actually have had declining incarceration over the last uh, couple of decades. But what Judge Littman and sort of Rikers Island represents is the way in which we incarcerate people and putting everybody all together separate and apart from the rest of society. And so this mass incarceration model is what he has talked about over the last year. So to, to replace that, what the commission is recommending is a sort of decentralized model that actually mirrors what happens in other parts of the country, which is creating county jails. So again, New York is unique in that we have, we're one city in many ways, but we have five district attorneys and essentially in some ways five criminal just mini criminal justice systems within this one city because of that. And so um, the thought was we should locate jail facilities in close proximity to those courthouses. Um, and this goes back to who's in who's in jail, which, you know, most people in the kind of criminal justice community know that Almost 80% of people in jail are there awaiting trial, but this is something that um, the public, I think, you know, is not aware of. And um, so, in fact, these are individuals who are merely accused of a crime and who are being held while waiting for their case to dispose and being transported to court regularly for court appearances, need to access their attorneys, obviously not to mention, of course, family members and service providers. And so it just made sense um, to imagine a a system where we had detention facilities, jails in close proximity to the courts. And you see that around the country um, in other jurisdictions. Denver, for example, um, San Diego, we looked at those jurisdictions both in terms of what the the facility should look like from a design perspective and sort of programming, but also looked at the fact that it was either in close proximity to a court or in the case of Denver, courts were actually inside of, it was all in one facility, the courthouse and the um, the jail itself. And so in many ways, I think what we're recommending is the most common way of citing jail facilities in at least modern uh, times. And what can we say more about what the, the center's actual role mm-hmm. in this? I mean, I've I think I've written the sentence that we use enough times that I can almost uh, recite it. Uh, the center is coordinating an interagency team uh, tasked with staffing the commission. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, what, 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 
<laughs> if we could say a bit more about what that means in, sure. in practice. Yes. So um, we so the center really is is the coordinating agency. It is the the uh, the sort of front line of of defense. The agency that sat above all of the other agencies that were involved in this effort, in addition to the research. So obviously, uh, our research director Mike Rempel, in particular, was uh, instrumental in analyzing data and kind of positing uh, recommendations for the actual report based on the the research that the center had done in the past, as well as research that we were doing um, in service of the commission. So we had that function as well. But to be honest, we didn't really know exactly how this was all going to work out. But then we pretty quickly settled on these three subcommittees and sort of three um, discrete areas that we would have the commission divided into to to study. Um, And the first was looking at how do we reduce the population in the first place that we called rethinking incarceration. How do we we cut the population in half so that we can move to this different model? Exactly. And in the beginning, we thought, you know, I don't think there was, there's not necessarily a magic number. And it's interesting now that we have, the commission has recommended and suggested that it is possible to get, to cut the population in half. But I don't know that it has to be cut in half in order for Rikers to be closed. I think that it doesn't have to quite go that low, but it clearly has to go. Uh, we'd have to reduce it by several thousand, several thousand people. So and it's currently at about ten thousand, or a it's little, a little under, under ten thousand. Mm-hmm. So that was the that was going to be one subcommittee. The second subcommittee uh, we called the future of jails. So what would jails look like in a modern system, both in terms of where would they be located? Would it be could, should we create um, state-of-the-art jails on Rikers and keep the location? Um, should we have them in the boroughs? Should they be at Rikers and the boroughs? Um, so some of it was about sort of siting, but a, most of it was about uh, what should they look like and what should kinds of programming and what should their mission be and what would all of that cost? Uh, and could you find some savings? Um, so that was the that was that second subcommittee and then the third was looking at just the land itself so if you didn't have rikers island as it exists today either if you had a smaller footprint or you had no jail um, facilities on the island what could you do with this 400 you know plus acres of land Um, and really looking at it not as a criminal justice question but as a sort of land use development um question. And so that was that third subcommittee that we called Reimagining the Island. And then the the commission sort of proceeded, when I think about how we organized the work of the commission, what we imagined was almost creating a, a year-long conference for for the commission members. I mean, many of the commission members have are experts in criminal justice, certainly didn't need a conference necessarily. But we wanted to make sure that all the commission members had some baseline of understanding about the issues and were hearing from the same people. And the reality is, and, and, you know, even as a criminal justice practitioner myself, I don't hear from people who are visiting their loved one. And so even though so there were certainly subject matter experts, uh, I think that we we wanted to introduce new voices to those who may not have heard, you know, as directly from them. And then certainly for those who are not criminal justice experts, sort of bring them to a baseline of understanding about how our system operates, who's in jail, and what Rikers looks like. Did, did, did you hear from any 
commissioners about maybe moments, uh, things that they learned mm-hmm. uh, along the way that might have had a real uh, effect on their thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think about, you know, Mary Ankle Martin says this uh, pretty frequently, which is that she and others who are not in this field, Mary Ankle Martin, who is the head of Forest City Ratner, and uh, ended up being the, the chair of the Reimagining the Island Subcommittee, said, you know, the difference between jails and prisons, no, no, really no idea that what jails were meant to be and that, in fact, the vast majority of people who were sitting in jail um, at Rikers Island were not convicted um, of a crime and were, were mostly there because they couldn't afford bail. So that was something that we heard from, from folks who had not been in the system at all. I think everybody, you know, when I think about one of the most moving moments for me, and I speak to, spoke to some other commission members, even those who had been in the field for a long time, uh, was, again, going back to the voices of people who are, who are visiting loved ones. And we had a woman, a young mother, come and speak at one of the commission meetings. Uh, we had a session on visiting and what that the experience of visiting a loved one at Rutgers Island was. And uh, this young woman described bringing her two young children, her uh, one of whom had been visiting her father uh, since she was six weeks old. She would bring her children there. And I, I mean, I had tears uh, by the end of that and Almost every commission member you could tell was, you know, just physically was moved by by that story and hearing how difficult it is, and also the resilience of this woman who was, and, and you know, I talked with her after, and she said, you know, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing to be to subject my children to this um, on a weekly basis. She was committed to bringing her children there every week so that they would know their father. Right, and getting to Rikers is a pretty much an all-day. It's an all-day affair, and for a very short visit, uh, an hour at most. And um, she said, I don't know if it's the right thing, and people you know, look at me and, th- and say, you shouldn't bring your children here. She said, but I, I feel like it's so important for them to know their father and it's so important for their father to have that connection with us that I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it until um, my kids say they can't do it or they don't wanna do it anymore. So even those who had been in the system, who had been you know, professionally in the system for many years, I think hearing from people who had been impacted uh, was something that struck a lot of our commission members over the course of this endeavor. And a, a big focus of the commission's work was in <coughs> gathering input from uh, the public mm-hmm. and in trying to reach those communities that have been most uh, affected by Rikers Island and the mass incarceration model we're talking right. about, which overwhelmingly is communities of color in the city. Right. So could you talk a little bit about the reaction that the commission got mm-hmm. um, from the general public and maybe any skepticism uh, sure. uh, that you heard? Yeah. Yes, that was a big commitment of of our Work. We didn't want to to engage the community and hear from New Yorkers. We didn't want this to be a, a report that we did in a back office with you know so-called experts, kind of policy experts. Um, so we hosted about six roundtables in in the boroughs. We we did one in every borough and invited uh, a wide range of people. So we had a lot of people who had been formerly incarcerated um, or who had family members who had been incarcerated come to these events to share their their experience. We also just had, there were people who lived in the neighborhood um, who 
came service providers. It was a pretty broad range of, of folks who came to these events that usually were at least 100 or so people. Sometimes in a few, we had almost 200 people there. Um, the So there were some interesting reactions. I mean, in the beginning, I think there was definitely skepticism about and, and sort of confusion, you know, like, who is this commission? What are they doing? Um, and because we had approached this work without a conclusion in mind, we weren't we weren't the Close Rikers Commission, in spite of that sometimes being the way we were described. We uh, were committed to not coming in with a plan, you know. And so I think that was frustrating for uh, communities who felt like, well, of course you should be closing Rikers. Why aren't you saying that now, you know? And our commission members were there mostly to listen. And that felt frustrating, I think, sometimes for community members because they wanted to hear from the commission. And so that was a little challenging. And I think we got better as the as it went along where we, our commission members, too, felt more comfortable in this role, felt more comfortable with what the commission was doing and where we were heading. And so they would field questions, would explain what the role was, um, explain why uh, they were not coming out saying at this moment before we had any recommendations, we want to close Rikers. So that that helped. But overall, I think that people appreciated the uh, my sense having attended almost all of them was that people appreciated the opportunity to be heard and to have our commission members. It was our commission members who were there, whether it was listening or facilitating or hosting um, a breakfast for faith leaders, for example, who you know demonstrated that this was not just a sort of check the box endeavor in terms of community engagement. And um, we learned a lot, you know, through that through that process. And I think it's reflected, you know, I even just very simply in in the report, we have some quotes from people who shared their experience or their recommendations um, from from these roundtables. And so they they have made their way into our recommendations for sure. So do you have a sense of what the, the next steps are um, going forward? I mean, the mayor has backed calls to close Rikers. The commission has come out with its uh, r- report uh, making the same recommendation. I mean, I've been thinking that, you know, the hashtag close Rikers and the, and the group close Rikers was a big part of... Uh, of getting the debate to this point, but I've, I've been thinking the hashtag should become closing Rikers because this it seems like it's going to be a long process. No? Right. Yeah. W- we didn't expect that we would be in sort of what we've been calling implementation phase, you know, right now because we thought, all right, we'll put out our report and and the hope is that we'll have a champion, you know, and that, that was the big question. Are we going to have a champion? So now that the mayor is on board with championing as well as, other, you know, the governor and others, uh, that's terrific. And yes, yeah, so the next steps are implementation. And to, to be honest, I don't think we quite know what role the commission as an entity will play in in the implementation. But obviously, the organizations certainly that were most involved in staffing the commission and and just leadership, um, Glenn Martin's organization, are all doing work. And we'll be doing more work that are in service of sort of implementing these um, recommendations. So whether it's, you know, advocacy work that um, Glenn and others in in that community will be doing to kind of hold, you know, folks to their 
word and um, and continue to build support for this idea, uh, along with what we at the Center for Court Innovation do every day, which is partnering with um, the city and with government to help them implement these ideas, give them the tools that they need, whether it's data uh, or boots on the ground in terms of our staff who are able to provide more alternatives to detention or incarceration, um, thought partners in coming up with uh, models to implement this. So, you know, we and and others who are involved in the commission and outside of the commission, this whole community, are, I think, going to be guided by what these recommendations are and whether it's in some organized fashion or not. Clearly, you know, we have developed a roadmap that um, that this community can follow in, in how to, to get to the end. Well, great. I, I just wanted to thank you so much, uh, for joining me, Courtney, and congratulations again on getting this report over the finish line in such resounding fashion. Thank you so much, Matthew. Good okay. to work with you. I've been speaking with Courtney Bryan. She is the Director of Criminal Justice Operations at the Center for Court Innovation. We've been talking about Rikers Island and the recommendations of the Independent Commission on New York City Criminal Justice and Incarceration Reform. You can find more details about the Commission's work at our website, courtinnovation.org. This has been another episode of the New Thinking Podcast. Thanks for listening.